Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. I want you to go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to go right back into... I'm still trying to finish uh, this series. Uh, I'm calling it What We Believe. And we're still trying to finish it on basically the 16 doctrines of the Bible. And uh, I've been amazed. I really thought this was going to be like one of those series that you know how you have to force vegetables down your kids at the dinner table. (laughs) And I really thought this was going to be one of those series. but But what it does is it testifies of the spiritual maturity of this church. Because I'm telling you, man, it's been powerful every time we've stood up here and preached this thing. And what it is, is it's just, it's just solidifying foundation that many of you have already placed in your life. And I give God praise for that right now. Because you have to know what you believe. There's so much opinions and there's so many, and there's so much emotionalism out there. And folk walk out and they done, they done lost their eyelashes. Come on, somebody. They done lost their eyelashes and the wig done came half undone. And they trying to pat it because the head's itching, but then they feel like, well, I better not pat it because it'll fall all off. And, and, and now listen, and, and there ain't nothing wrong with that because God will move now. God will God, God mess you up. But I want you to have that kind of encounter and then walk out and know what you believe at the same time. Because, see, like I said earlier, the devil don't care if you lost your weave in church. He wants to know what you believe. And so I want both of them to happen for your life. I want, I want you to have both. I want you to encounter God in a way that folk have, like, pieces of you walk out of here. Amen. See, some of y'all don't even got, what do what you, like, stitch your eyelashes up in there? They don't fall out no more. I need to pick on the men folks some, but I, there just ain't much for us. We don't have, we might lose a shoe every once in a while. I, I'm telling you, I done had altar calls like a crime scene down here. Pocketbooks thrown out. That's when you, you better hope you're sanctified too. You're hiding something in your pocketbook. The Holy Ghost done hit you. The pocketbook went. And stuff fall out on the floor. You'd be like, oh Lord. I didn't seem like crime scenes down here, but anyway. And so, so I'm wanting you to continue to have the, this kind of experience, but I need to know that I know that I know that if you're part of this ministry in this house, that you've got something to knock the devil's head off with. And so we're, we're teaching and preaching on the doctrines, not of religion, not of denominations, but the doctrines of the Bible. Amen. So 2 Timothy chapter 4, and what we're reading right here is just scriptures that reinforce why it is important that you have sound doctrine. Verse 1, chapter 4, 2 Timothy, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. 
be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching for the time might come. Yeah, the time will come. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth. I want you to know that they turn it away from it, not that they ain't never heard it, but they turn it away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But listen to what the Lord says to this house. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Look at your neighbor and say, did you know you had a ministry? Come on, I want you to look at your second choice and tell them, did you know you have a ministry? You have a ministry. Now, it might not be in the full-time ministry, but you have a ministry. Look at one more person and say, you got something to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, um, I want to go, uh, let's see here. Let's go to first, you know what? No, let's go to Titus 2. Titus 2, Titus 2. And then if you want to read something later today, you can read 1 Timothy chapter 6. And it'll reinforce uh, some, of the, some of what we're reading and talking about now. Uh, Titus chapter 2 and verse 1. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. Not, not what's popular right now. And not what somebody's done conjured up in their own spirit. Uh, but he said, speak the words that are, that are right for, proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith and love and patience. The older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanders, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may admonish the young women to love their husbands and to love their children. Look up at them. Let me tell you, listen. For those of you who are young in the faith, or those of you, 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 you maybe you young ladies, you, you need to grab some, some Holy Ghost-filled women that's done been in the, in, in the faith for a little while. <clears throat> Not one that has their, their, their 10 different gossip ring, I mean, prayer partners. <clears throat> I'm talking about sound women of God. Because according to the Bible, listen, you have to be taught. Stuff don't come. That's why we got divorce happening everywhere. You got to be taught. Now, I ain't picking on the ladies. Here we go. Listen, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may be blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded. So, young men, you have to be taught. I mean, I know you've been saved six months and think you know everything, but you don't. You got to be taught. Taught, listen, to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. 
Now, see, you got 85% of this uh, lukewarm gospel going out talking about that works don't matter. Works, don't get, works do not get you saved. But let me tell you something. If you save, you're going to have some good works. Well, your works don't matter. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I felt that thing. Help me, Lord. I don't want to step out the anointing right now. But I just want to grab some of them, shake them sometimes. Man, you don't know no more about the Bible. Sit down. Amen. Amen. Exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself a pattern of good works and doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned that one who is an opponent may be ashamed having nothing evil to say of you. You want to know what about, uh, let me tell you something. Well, I'm sure there's, if you use according to what circle you talk in, but anyway. But most of what evil has said about me is I run a cult. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I tell people, you ain't done half of what you can do for God until you're accused of being a cult. When they accuse you that you're running a cult, you have now started really punching the devil up in the mouth. I told one person, I said, well, if it is, this show is a good one. <laughs> I mean, this thing's working pretty good. It ain't no cult. It's called Christianity. Like real Christianity. Exhort bond service to be obedient to their masters. To be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back, not proliferating, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So this is uh, part five today on what the series I'm calling What We Believe. What We Believe. Father God thank you for the opportunity to preach and teach your word once again I humble myself and realize that Lord I don't just stand before people in this auditorium and I don't just stand before people watching online all over the world but I stand before a cloud of witnesses oh God to preach the eternal word of the Lord that shall not fade away no matter what happens so today, God, as we humble ourselves, speak, Holy Ghost, into our existence, the word of the Lord. Help us in every way. Correct what needs to be corrected. Exhort what needs to be exhorted. Rebuke what needs to be rebuked. And comfort what needs to be comforted. So that as we stand in your presence, God, when we walk out of this place, we don't walk in the same way we came, but we walk out closer to you and more in love with you, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray, let the kingdom of God come. Let his will be done in this earth as it is in heaven. Look upon my availability and not my ability today, God. And I pray that your spirit would move so powerfully 
that while I preach, people would be healed. While I preach, people would be baptized in the spirit. While I preach, conviction would fall. While I preach, people would get things right. While I preach, things would be restored. And while I preach, harvest would come. Father, I pray, let the heavens open today and pour out of your spirit on this house. In Jesus' name I pray. And I thank you for it. And everybody say amen. Can you give the Lord about three seconds of praise before you're seated today? <laughs> Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of God today. As I've stated, I'm in this series called What We Believe. Now, I'm not going to take, I'm going to, uh, I'm not going to take a long time in the recap of what I've, I've said, but just in case there is a newcomer here today, which there's a bunch of newcomers here today, but I'm saying just in case you, you're, you're wondering, what does this house believe? I done heard folks speaking in languages. I don't know. People dancing, shouting. Somebody kept shouting so much. I was one of them ones that wanted to tell them to hush up. I done seen people laugh and cheer while they went down to give. This is not church like I'm expecting it. I'm used to people, I'm used to people that looks like they've been sucking on a, on a, on a dill pickle and baptized in lemon juice. Mean and frowning and, and things are so quiet. Can't stir up, no, there ain't no anointing in the house. And I'm, and the whole time I'm here, all I can think about is what I have to do when I leave here. But things ain't, that ain't how it is up in here. And I'm trying to figure out what do you guys believe? Because I'm realizing that the whole time I've been here, there's been a shifting in my spirit. And, and my waters are turning right now and my ground is shaking. That's called the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That's called the presence of God hitting your life right now. Oh, I feel like kicking it just a few more times if I can. Well, it don't happen like that in grandmama's church and it doesn't happen in, in the church that daddy built and it doesn't happen in the place that's only a half a mile down from my house. I had to drive 35 minutes to get here, but something is turning in my spirit that I ain't felt turn in a long time. It's called the breath of God, the Ruach HaKadosh breathing into your spirit, man. Right now is what is happening. And so, so since you're here, we might as well tell you what we believe. We believe that all scripture is inspired by God himself. Every bit of it. If there's anything you need to grab here today, you need to grab that you can take this Bible from cover to cover and you can stand on it and you can believe it and it don't, does not matter what anybody else says and it does not matter what any other religion says. You can believe this word. It has been breathed by God himself. We believe there is one true God. Say amen to that. He has revealed himself as the eternal self-existent I am. He has further revealed himself as embodying the principles of relationship and association as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We believe in the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ as eternal Son of God. He is not a good man. He is not a Savior. He is not a Messiah. He is the son of God. He is the Messiah and he is the savior of the world. 
We believe in the fall of man. There's a lot of people don't believe this anymore. You want to know why? Because if I don't believe, people think that if they don't believe in the fall of man, then they don't have no accountability to their sin. We believe in the fall of man. Man fell in the garden. Man sinned and rebelled against God in the garden. And sin entered into the world. Number five, we believe in the salvation of man. How many are glad in that God still saves people? Man's only hope of redemption is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Hallelujah. We believe in the ordinances of the church. One of them is baptism in water. We call it following the Lord in water baptism. Paul said, when you go down in the water, if you've truly repented when you go down in the water, and when you come up from the water, the old man gets left down there and the new man comes up. Whoa, hallelujah. Now, if you have not repented, you go down a dry center. And you come up a wet sinner. The only thing that has changed <laughs> is you need some new clothes now. But if you have repented, repented of your sins, and you have chosen to follow the Lord, when you, when you get in that tank, when you go down, that person stays down. And a new person comes up. We also, the other, the other uh, uh, ordinance of the church is Holy Communion. We do it every Sunday. Holy Communion. We don't do it once a month. The reason we don't do it once a month is marriages don't last a long time if intimacy is only done once a month. That's going to help some of y'all. That just helped a couple of your counsel ses counseling sessions right there, Pastor Jason. They ain't going to have to come in and see you now. Got worked out in the practical things. Uh, come on, somebody. We believe in Holy Communion. We believe in the, we believe in the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of Jesus. Intimacy with the Lord. It's holy. We don't, we, and we, even though we do it every week, it is not a ritual. It's not just something that we try to fit into a service. This is the ordinances of the church. Number seven, I'm just going through, I've still got about two more minutes in my introduction, then we're going to preach what I'm talking about today. Number seven, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Yes, ma'am, and fire. We believe in it. It is for you. The only prerequisite of you receiving the baptism in the Holy Ghost is that you've repented of your sins and been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what everybody needs is a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost in fire. 
That fresh baptism make you love people that you didn't never think you could love. That fresh baptism make you care about people you didn't care about. That fresh baptism will make you worship Lord, the Lord with a passionate heart. You won't sit around and nobody have to ask you to raise your hands. You'll walk in with your hands raised. You'll walk in here blessing the Lord in tongues before there's ever a praise and worship service. Why there is a passionate or a passion on the inside of you that says I want to live for God and serving the baptism in the Holy Ghost. We believe, number eight, we believe in the initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you about, let me tell you about my experience and let me tell you about every experience I've seen. I have almost every single one of them I've seen. People that got baptized in the Holy Ghost began to speak in tongues. Didn't nobody have to take them to a back room and try to teach them. I like what I like what the late Bishop G. E. Patterson said one time. He said, "If people have to take you and teach you how to speak in tongues, you'll speak in tongues in here and cuss me out out there." He said, "But when you get the Holy Ghost and the real Holy Ghost, and He really hits your life, you ain't got to worry about somebody being different in here than they are out there because God has a hold of them." Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. We believe in sanctification. This was, I, I tried to preach four points last time, but I only got to that point, sanctification. Sanctification is basically this. Here it is. There, you don't really need a, a, a doctrinal thesis to figure out what sanctification is. Here it is. I came to the Lord. And I was living this way. And I got born again. And I let the old man die. And I let them put some holy dirt on him. And he's buried in the ground. And now that I've done turned, I'm not going back to dig him up ever again. I am a new creature. I am a new creation. And therefore, since I am in Christ, he is changing me day by day into the image of the glorious son of God. Sanctification. We believe in it. I don't believe it has any. Well, it does somewhat have something to do with what you have on. <laughs> I don't know if I ought to touch this. Uh, <laughs> listen. It, <laughs> Pastor Antoine, you want to come up here and preach it? I'm just kidding anyway. Listen, listen to me. It does not have to do with anything of whether you have makeup on or not. It does not have to do with anything of whether you put your hair up or not, or whether you have jewelry on or not. But the Bible does talk about being discreet. And, and, and listen, so you've got to be able to walk in this type of thing. And so I, I know, I know I'm talking, I know I'm kind of referring to some ladies, but, but you know, but, but, but can I just tell you something, young ladies? And can I tell you something, some of your older ladies too? I'm, I, amen. Uh, can I just tell you something now? Uh, ain't nobody trying to tell you not to keep makeup on. If the barn needs painted, go paint it. Ain't nobody trying to tell you not to have a, a jewelry on. You want to put some jewelry on? Go put some jewelry on. I, I, if you want to throw some perfume on. I don't nobody care if you're going to throw some perfume on, but somebody ought to be able to come to the house of God and not see your rear end when you bend down because you've got to have some discreetness about yourself, some discretion about yourself. 
And, and so, so listen, listen to me. So, so, so you, you know, start walking in some sanctification and, and let me, let me just say something. I remember one time we was in a, a conversation and somebody said something about a young lady and I said, well, has anybody offered to buy her any clothes? I said, because some of them don't have no money. I said, now let's offer to buy her some clothes now. And she keeps tripping in. Then we'll say something. But until then, we need to, we need to help some people around here. Some of them might not have nothing. And, and so, but if we can help them out to be able to walk in the discretion of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm not trying to put everybody in rugs. I'm just saying. Amen. So, 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 so what I'm, uh, what, I, what I'm trying to say is this right here. What's happened on the inside, here it is. What happened, what's happened on the inside of you ought to be, it ought to be transferring, communicating on the outside of you. So, so before I got born again, if you would have seen pictures of me, you probably wouldn't, you probably would not have noticed me. And even if you noticed it was, it was me, you'd be like, what's he got that stuff on? Because, you know, what I would have on, you know, anyway, it it just, you, about any given day, you're going to see me in a do-rag. You're going to see some kind of crazy stuff like this. And, and, and you would see all kinds of, you know, uh, I don't really know how to say stuff right now, but. But when I got born again, I didn't have that stuff on because I know what the do-rag represented and I know what the shoes represented and I know what the charm around my neck and the earring in my ear represented. I said, God, something's changed in me and what's done happened in me is about to be transferred on the outside of me and I ain't that person no more. Folk just don't want sanctification no more. That's all. And the Bible says without holiness, nobody's going to see God. And so, and so I, I, I'm done with that. I'm going to get to some new stuff today. But, and so you, you wouldn't have recognized me. I'm telling you, y'all wouldn't have recognized me. God's done did a miracle. God's done did a miracle. So. I'm not trying, I'm going I'm to spend 30 seconds. I'm not trying to say, oh, you know, that sanctification is what's happening on the outside. I'm saying sanctification's happened on the inside and has the ability to shift the outside. Y'all understand? We good? Raise your hand in the air. Just wave them like you don't care. Amen. We good. All right. I want to make sure we're good. Now, number 10, here we go. We believe in the church and its mission. In the church and its mission. I was, in, I was thinking about, I, I love the church. Uh, I, I love the church. I, I do get up here and say some things. From, from time to time, and when I say the church, I'm talking about the church as a whole. I love the Baptist church, the Methodist church, Presbyterian church, Pentecostal church, non-denominational church. Anybody that is preaching the truth, I'm high-fiving and I'm down. I'm good. You hear me say some things, though, from time to time up here about folks that are not preaching truth. And I'm going to continue to say stuff like that. Amen. 
We believe in the church and its mission. But I was thinking about this this morning. I said, man, you know, it, you know, I'm so passionate about church that if God let me throw hands, I would throw hands about the church. Now, I don't throw hands and I don't want to throw hands. But sometimes you want to throw you. You like, man, I wish I could go throw hands on them people. But it's just because you're passionate about the church. I'm passionate about a place. I mean, look at this place right here. Look at all the different colors in this place. Look at all the different backgrounds in this place. Look at all the different economic statuses in this place. All coming together under the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ that are a part of the redeemed, a part of the blood, and a part of the numbered. I believe in the church and its mission. The church is the body of Christ. Come on, I want you to say that with me on the count of three. One, two, three. The church is the body of Christ. It is the body of Christ. Listen to this. The habitation of God through the spirit. With divine appointments for the fulfillment of her great commission. Each believer born of the spirit is an integral part of the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. I can tell we probably ain't getting past this point. Put up Ephesians chapter one. Let's get some word. Let's, let's put word back in it. Ephesians chapter one, verse 22 and 23. And he put some things... He put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head. Watch this. Be head over all things to the church. Verse 23, which is what? His body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. Put it in the New Living Translation, please. I want y'all to uh, grab this right quick. Praise God. Because it communicates a little bit of a different thing here. New Living Translation, verse 22. Anybody got a New Living Translation Bible? <laughs> Pastor Jason, blow it up big enough so I can see it. Praise God. Verse 22. Now watch this. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of his dwelling, of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. I need verse 23 right here. Oh, there we go. Praise God. Verse 23. And the church is what? It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things every, watch it, everywhere with himself. Let me help you right here. People who say, I am a Christian 
I'm going to make somebody upset. Who say, I am a Christian. I'm meddling in some stuff today. I am a believer. I love the Lord. I just don't fool with the church. You have no idea what you're saying. Because you are serving, watch this, you're trying to serve a head without a body. Anytime you disconnect the head from a body, there is no life anymore. Hence the reason why people who say they are Christians and do not or are not connected to a church have no life flowing in them and they're still stuck at the same place they were 10 years ago because you cannot have a head without a body. And he's made it clear. He's made it clear that the church is the body and he is the head. Glory be to God. That's why it's important. That's why it's important that we continue to be a part of the church. That's why it's important. You don't shut the doors. We are the body of Christ. He is the head. And when we, let me tell you something. There is life flowing through the church that this world needs. Every person that is truly born again is a part of the body of Christ. Say amen to that. You are not just a member of the body. You are an important member of the body. Hallelujah. The Bible says that God, I want y'all to listen to this because I don't know if anybody's ever taught you this. God sets the members in the body as he pleases. You are not here, you think you're here just because you moved to an area. You think you're here just because somebody invited you. You think you're here because you just got a card in the mail. But what you don't realize is that God was orchestrating your life from the very point of being and he was directing you and placing you in the body as he pleases. Therefore, everybody shout there. Therefore, therefore, if he puts you here as he pleases, you can't leave until he tells you to leave. Because if you do, you are in direct disobedience. I feel like preaching on the floor right now. He puts you here as he pleases. Why? Because you got something to give in the church. You got a gift. You got an anointing. You got a talent. And you don't even get to say where you go. This is why there's so much, I, I told you we ain't getting past this, sorry. This is why there's so much dysfunction in the kingdom of God right now. Because you got people talking about, I go where I want to go. I do what I want to do. And turn around and get all messed up and hot with somebody. And now you over here. And then they won't let you do this. And now you over here. And then somebody says something. And now you over here. And they didn't turn around and give this. Now you over here. And you are wandering around, Cain. You are a vagabond and you're going to place to place to place and can't nothing ever get done. 
Because you have yet to realize God puts you in the membership in the church as he pleases. Okay, I got to give y'all scripture for that because some people are like, I ain't never heard that. Hallelujah. Here we are. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. Well, I'll go over there come my boyfriend's over there. <laughs> I'm meddling up in this place today. I go, I go over there. I go over there because that's where auntie and them go. I go over there because they, their, their, their praise and worship music has like a country feeling to it. I go over there because it's got a black feeling, a white feeling, a Hispanic feeling. And God said, when's the last time you asked me where you were supposed to go? I am your God. I set you where you're supposed to be. And if you'll ask me, I'll place you where you're supposed to be. But you've got to be obedient to be there. Think about this. Every person, every person that is here in this place by, I'm, 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 this is my disclaimer, so to speak, by divine appointment has been placed here by the will of God. Now, if you're not here by divine appointment, it, it, that don't apply to you. But if you're here by divine appointment, it's God's will that you are here. You've been placed here because, watch this, it pleases him <laughs> to place you here. You've been placed here because, watch this, your growth in him. And his will for your life, this is where I'm about to stir some up, is connected to serving in this place. So some of you wonder, I ain't growing. You ain't doing nothing. I did not expect for this to go this way today. I didn't. But I feel the Holy Ghost saying, keep on, we are lining. I told you some stuff's about to line up. We are lining some things up because some of you, has, you still think you're your own. You still think you bought yourself and you need to understand you are not your own. You did not pay for yourself. You have been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ and the day you said yes to him, you became property of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now he says where you go. Now he he says what you do. Now he says what you speak. Now he says what you give. Now he tells you what to, I'm going to keep on. Now he tells you who to love. Now he tells you when to praise. Now he tells you when to worship. Now he tells you when to witness. You are not your own. So your growth, everybody say my growth. 
is connected to the place where God puts me. Hallelujah. Therefore, your growth in the Lord and his will is being done in your life or his will being done in your life is directly connected to you serving his mission and his church in the place he placed you. Praise God. This is what Matthew 16 says. He says, I will build your ministry. That ain't what he says. He says, I will build... I will build what, what you like. That ain't what he says. I'll build what makes you cry. That is not what he says. He said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So if you don't want the gates of hell prevailing, connect to the house. He promised to build his church. Woo. Let me get a good Ric Flair in here. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Ric Flair going to end up getting saved before... I done said his name so much under the anointing, he's going to end up getting saved before he... Anyway, <laughs> but you've got to correct that thing. Yes, sir. We believe in his church and we believe in the mission of the church. God's God's purpose concerning man. Listen to this is to seek and save that which was, which is lost to be worshiped by man to build a body of believers in the image of his son and to demonstrate his love and compassion for all the world. There you go. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, the church is just here to save the lost? No, it isn't. That's not the only thing. If you get a church, if you get a church and all they're about is saving the lost, then they are only 25% doing what they're supposed to be doing. It is about saving the lost, but it is not all about saving the lost. Woo! Hallelujah. It, listen, to what he's, listen to what it's saying. It says, to seek and save that which is lost, to be worshipped. God says, I want you to come together. That's why you don't stay at home. That's why we don't shut down. Don't matter. God says, the mandate is that you come together and worship me. Hallelujah. To build a body of believers in the image of his son. To demonstrate his love and compassion for all the world. Amen. Amen. We see this happening. I'm about done here. We see this happening. You have scripture. If you want scripture for evangelizing the world, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. There's your scripture. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. If you want to see, if you want to see what, what is the scripture reference for a corporate body to worship God, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. God says, I've ordained this. All right, I feel like meddling just a little bit more. 
I don't know why I always come to this side either, but it ain't like, it ain't like this is the bad side. I just come over here first. I grab something, then I come over there. <laughs> is that what it is? Y'all drawing on me, pastor? <clears throat> Watch this. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that when all this COVID stuff broke out, they didn't tell no mosque to stop meeting. Fauci and his and got got him some lifts in his shoes. He didn't tell the synagogue not to meet. But had the audacity to stand on a national platform and try to tell the church of Jesus Christ, don't you meet. And then had the audacity to tell us don't have Easter services. And then had the audacity to say don't have Christmas. I'm going somewhere. Don't celebrate the resurrection. Don't have thanksgiving. Don't get together and give thanks. Why? Because the Bible says this is the will of God concerning you that you give thanks in all things. And then sit there and said, don't get together for Christmas. Don't celebrate me. Don't celebrate God giving his son to the world. Do you, have you not recognized yet that this is an anti-Christ spirit that's trying to take over the church? And it's about time. Matter of fact, it is high time that some men and women of God get full of the spirit and say, not on my watch. We are the church. We have a mission and we ain't stopping until Jesus comes back. Better wake up. He said, I'm going to try to keep you from bringing a corporate worship setting. But then it's number three to, to channel or to be a channel of God's purpose to build a body of saints being perfected in the image of his son. Ephesians chapter four. Verse 11, I'm about done. Y'all stay with me. I got to get this out. I need you to at least understand that the church has a mission. That our mission is not just to come to this place. Yes, it's about this. But it's also to go to that place. The world. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. You want to know why the church, in many cases, are not fulfilling the mission of God? Because in almost every denomination now, listen carefully, in almost every denomination, including Pentecostal, they do not, they do not officially accept two of the fivefold ministry, and they're embarrassed of the evangelist. But this is what Jesus said. And he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Verse 12. Why was this? For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The church has not been equipped because they want to eat from one hand 
and it is the nurturing hand and it is a, it is the hand it is the shepherding hand and it need we don't need to get away from that but there are four other hands that feed the body of Christ that you need on a regular basis so that you can be equipped for the work of the ministry Now watch this. Go to the next verse, please. Watch this. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14. That we should no longer be children. God said if you got, if you just got one in the house, if it's pastor, teacher, apostle, prophet, evangelist, whatever, if there's only one, your children. And you're being tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, he says, I want you to grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. I thank God that this house has been supplied with a five-fold ministry. We got folks up in here. We got, oh, praise God. Can, come here, Mike. Help me out, brother. Somebody help me out. Come here, Micah. And make sure it ain't freezing out there either, Mike, on me. Is it cold, my brother? Y'all turn it up 72. Folk done wrapped up, won't listen to me no more. We in something right now. I'm about done. Stay with me. Speaking the truth in love that we may grow up into him who is the head Christ. Now watch this. I thank God that he has supplied this house. We have people here, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? So that you can continue to grow in the Lord. So that you can continue to grow up. So that you can be taught the word of God. So that you realize that sometimes every once in a while ain't everything in the house of God just to confirm something in you. Sometimes there's something to correct something in you. And when that, that correcting is just as important as that affirmation in your life. It's just as important as that comfort in your life. And it's just as important as that prophecy in your life. Now, and it, listen, it says to be a people who demonstrate God's love and compassion for all the world. James 1.27. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. To visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. I thank God. I thank God that we have a compassion center up in this house. I thank God for the wonderful people. Joanna and Monique and all their wonderful people that serve out there all the time. There are people that come here every week. 
They don't have money for food. They don't have money for clothes, but they come here every single week and they leave this property with, with clothes in their car. They leave this property with food in their car and they leave this property with somebody laying hands on them saying, baby, it's going to be all right. You're going to make it. Trust me, Jesus is still alive and well and he's still on the throne and he loves you and he still has a purpose for your life. I thank God that the church is still a compassion agent to a dying world because he did not give the Muslims this mandate. He did not give the Buddhists this mandate. He did not give the Hindus this mandate. But he said, if you are mine, I want you to go into all the world and preach this gospel and care about people, care about the lost, care about the broken, care about the widow, care about the orphan, and continue to tell them that I'm coming back one day for a glorious church. The church in its mission. Somebody say, I have a mission. Just something soft for me, brothers, so I'll stop. Because I got two more points. But I told you we probably ain't getting no further today. Tense. God gave no... Now think about this. I don't know if y'all think about this, but I think about this and it, it's, it, it puts a godly fear in my life. He didn't give any other responsibility to any other organization, agency, or anybody else except us. And he said, you go and heal the sick. He said, you go and cast out demons. Now, this is in your Bible. I told you, many wouldn't go to Jesus' church. First time he cast out a demon, pow, I'm out of here. See you later. Not realizing that this is what he told us to do. Go heal the sick. Go cast out the demons. Go preach the gospel to the poor. Why did he say preach the gospel to the poor? Why? Why didn't he say, why didn't he say just go give them stuff? He told us to, to minister to them in there. But why did he say preach the gospel to the poor? Because until you preach the gospel, their minds will never change and they will remain poor no matter how much food you give them. He says, preach the gospel to the poor because my word has the ability to shift what they do, how they think, how they function. And it'll bring, it'll cause their life to begin to prosper. He gave us this responsibility. It's yours. My responsibility, these pastors and prophets and evangelists here, to equip you. Your responsibility is to carry out the mission. Hallelujah. Let's stand up all across this place. Bow your heads all over this house. I'm going to let you go in a minute. I don't want nobody walking out yet. I'm, I mean, if you... Just got to go to work or something. But I want to. 
Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, the church and its mission. I had to walk over here so you could grab that. Build it from the ground up. Build your church. Build your church. Build it from the ground up. It's short. The church of Jesus Christ. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.